We are recording the podcast. We did it. This is a musical this now. Is episode four? How would you feel if I just sang the whole time? Mm-mm. Should I just do? <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> hi everybody hello you're listening to thanks we hate it mm-hmm. and i am hannah lehman and i am mickey adkins and you're here on episode four we made it can you here believe we're on episode are. four already no it's i weird. feel like we had such a hard time with technical stuff getting started that we recorded so many episodes and now that we're like actually doing the thing i'm like oh my god it's happened so fast i know finally we have like a consistent recording day every week like i I love that that for us it's going really well so far we're getting Mm -hmm. some good feedback so far too yes i am very happy with our numbers already it Mm -hmm. seems like people are enjoying it our second episode already hit over a thousand views which is crazy which is for us starting out a podcast even when you have a built-in audience like that's still really really cool yeah and all the feedback we've gotten has been so wonderful like people are so excited about it shout out to everybody who's leaving comments and reviews by the way because y'all are being so wonderful and supportive and it means so much yes we appreciate you guys so much yes except yeah i did get one feedback about my microphone i'm going to try to fix that so i apologize if you guys made it through episode three i think it should probably sound a little bit peaky at times but i'm gonna try to turn my gain down and i'm trying to be a couple inches away from my mic now so i just want (laughs) to thank people for sticking with me if that did annoy them if they were listening on headphones it's not as bad if you're not but yeah Mm -hmm. it's um it's me you know what guys i'm not a techie person and i'm new to the microphone world i never had a uh this is a dynamic mic right Mm -hmm. or a compressed yeah, the dynamic mics yeah. that don't hook directly in your... Oh, my God. It's a it was a different animal. Curve. It was a thing. So, yeah. yeah. How are you? How's your backyard going? Oh, girl, we finished it. I can't believe I forgot to tell what? you. We It was literally three days straight of laying and leveling pavers. And when I tell oh you, God. never again. Never, never again. I would sooner, like, move to a different country then I would lay pavers down. Like the process was so <laughs> difficult and painful. My body is just wrecked. Like, However, my done. backyard looks so good. And I the dogs say, are how jazzed. Does it look? Yeah. It looks so nice. How I'll have to show you look? pictures. Um, I was going to say, yeah, you'll please show me pictures. Mm-hmm. But our backyard looks I'd add them in the now. podcast, but I don't know if you want people to know what your backyard looks like. No. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Okay. I thought so too. Somebody, I was watching a YouTuber who said that, that like, she was like, I'm never doing a house tour. People like stop asking me for one because yes. I know a lot of people do house tours, but there is no reason people need to know the layout of my house. <laughs> no, like a, from a security point of view, because I've actually yes. heard in or, uh, stories from influencers who have had people break into their house and like already know the layout of it because you do house yep. tours and stuff. But also I've seen it happen in real time. An influencer who lives in my state, in my city posted an empty house tour. People use those photos in that video to like cross reference with Zillow listings, found her address <gasps> immediately. <laughs> Fucking Full pass. Like, no, thank you. I Not hate that I, like, that. fancy myself enough of an influencer that anyone would really care. But, like, just in the odd event that somebody really doesn't somebody like me. Somebody would care. Or if we yeah. do ever get to a size where people are doing that, like. Yeah. No, thank you. Don't you don't need that. 
it's scary content database Mm -hmm. that's scary okay well sorry guys she's gonna send me pictures of her backyard and you (laughs) guys don't get to see it but (laughs) i post the odd glimpse or two on my instagram story every now and again when my dogs are being cute but not like a full layout Mm -mm. no yeah so that's fair but yes the backyard is done it looks incredible and i've already had lizard time just laying on my pavers in the sun so (laughs) you've been a lizard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to lay on that's amazing do your dogs like it okay do your they, cats like it okay? Do your cats uh, get to go outside? No, we live. Oh, um, there's too many raptors enough. there. Yeah, there's like coyotes and bobcats that like actually roam through our real ass backyard mm. and like our street and stuff. So the cats don't go outside. Um, but the dogs love it. The dogs are obsessed with the turf. So that's amazing. I can't wait to yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it's gonna be my birthday in June. Mm-hmm. are you excited i'm turning 32 so i have mixed feelings i am i decided to have a birthday party this year though so i'm like kind of excited about that i love that uh, are you gonna do a big thing the... or just something small no just like my college group of friends like yeah. i said i told you sorry i'll explain to everybody else i don't want to be vague that um, i have a group <laughs> of friends from college that yeah. we've been friends since college because we were all roommates in college and we have continued to hang out since then and like mm-hmm. all the guys in the group now have wives or like fiance so the Cute. group has expanded mm-hmm. but all the girls like I love all the girls in the group so like we are all friends and then like we get together and have like giant group things so I'm probably just gonna do something so with them yeah. but I told them I might I I was like thinking originally just doing a dinner over by me I don't live in the city mm-hmm. of Seattle. And I told them that maybe I could be convinced to actually drive over to Seattle. And that's a big deal for me because they know that I hate driving over to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So if my yes. if my friend Zach will drive me over there, like maybe he and his girlfriend Aww. will let me hitch a ride with them because they live kind of close to me. And then I nice. can and then I can hitch a ride. So I might even go over to Seattle. And my other friend, um, another guy in the group just texted me this morning yeah. and asked me if he could order me a dread cake from a bakery, which I was like, that? that is so sweet. What is a dread cake? And he was yeah. like, I just think it would be cool since you like all the dark and spooky stuff. If we got you like a black cake with like skulls and gothic stuff on it and stuff like that for your birthday that's so cute what the fuck he's so sweet i was like you do not have to do that but oh my god i know it made me feel like i just want to remind people that like little things like that make you feel make other people feel special like it's just like that made me feel so oh my god like i that i'll post a picture of yes that comes like i'll post that on instagram and stuff so i'm just like my heart's my heart's just like full Mm -hmm. right now and just like excited for seeing all my friends i also i love being the center of attention like the birthday i don't really like getting older but the birthday (laughs) aspect itself like i'll probably wear that super um remember that dress i wore in vegas that was like Yes. Oh, that was. Oh, oh I know exactly what you're talking wood. about. You're iridescent <laughs> with the shoes and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm probably going to wear that because I want to do be extra. And I'm like, everybody needs to pay attention to me and make me the center mm-hmm. of attention. Like, no, yes. I'm just kidding. But I do want to be like. <laughs> 
birthdays are special. I do. I am not that type of person that doesn't like, like, I like it when there's a fuss over me. I appreciate it. I think it's fun. So yes, I didn't have a birthday fun. party the last two years. The oh, first wow. year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And with COVID I, and stuff. Yeah. With COVID. And then my, for my 30th birthday, I was just like thankful to be alive because it was Word. six months after I got out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And the next year, I just, what was last year? I just didn't, I don't know. I was just like, man, fuck it. I don't want to do anything. And so, That's you know fair. what? I decided, you know what? This year I should do something. So yeah. I'm just very excited about that. I love that. That's it. Yep. Getting, getting old, having an existential crisis. Word. Every year. So it's fine. (laughs) And other than that, I'm just like overwhelmed by the mess in my apartment Mm -hmm. and not feeling motivated to clean it because I'm moving in June anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you could relate to that. And like also trying to get ahead on videos for my band channel. Mm -hmm. So you feel me. I do. They do. Yeah. It's a lot. So that's all that's new with me. Everything right. else is. Well, I love that. The status quo on par with everything else. So what are you going to talk about this week? I think we're doing two oh, topics boy. this episode. Yes. I think we're yeah. going to go back to two topics I'm going to do one. my best to keep it as succinct as possible because we all know that I struggle with this in the first place. But on top of that, I am going to talk about the thing that I like. I am the annoying person at parties who tells people stories that they didn't want to hear that nobody asked for it's also usually unrelated to the subject matter but it's like the info dumping thing it's like a special interest that i'm like i know a lot about this do you want to hear about it and like do you no usually people don't uh but i can talk about whatever i want on our podcast podcast. (laughs) so i'm telling the story of lisa frank today because it's close to my heart um, and there's a lot that people don't know. Um, and if you're not aware, uh, Lisa Frank is like was founded and it's like based in Tucson, which is where I live. Um, the factory oh. is still here and there's lots of like local lore about her and the factory and the business and like the whole story. So I'm telling that today. I am so excited. I mm-hmm. knew that Lisa Frank was not what everybody thought it was. Like I mm-hmm. knew that there was a dark history, but I don't know the details. So yes. I am very excited. I am too. I was totally a Lisa Frank girl as a kid. Me too. Like loved. Did you have a favorite character? No, I just got like no. I wasn't that deep into it. I just like anything that we passed by in Target when I was a kid. If it mm-hmm. had Lisa Frank on it, like the journals, yes. and the pens and stuff, I was like, Mom. Yes. So yeah. that was that was the extent of fair my enough. Self. Okay. Do you want to give everybody a preview of, of what you're talking about, or do you want me to just get into it? Oh yeah, I can. Mine shouldn't be like too long. We can make it as long as short as we want. Mine cool. is gonna be a TikTok drama that is probably gonna be old by the time this comes out but it actually is an interesting discussion overall about uh clout and the lengths people will go to to get clout yep so yeah that's that's kind kind of of the theme of our episode today is and uh, that is kind of clout chasing a little bit yes yes we really (laughs) do lisa frank kind of did the same thing in in unethical circumstances Mm -hmm. i think some clout chasing is like understandable like we're on youtube we can't really say that we're not clout chasers (laughs) but unethical clout chasers yes so okay um, okay, Go so off, girl. before we get into it, I want to give a shout out. I am sourcing a lot of this information from a Jezebel article that came out in 2013 that's called Inside the Rainbow Gulag, The Technicolor Rise and Fall of Lisa Frank. Jezebel went deep 
into the story and they got like interviews and like inside perspectives from people who worked at the factory who were close to Lisa Frank. So anything that I'm citing in there is like, first of all, all alleged to be super clear. From my understanding, Lisa Frank has a history of being particularly litigious. Um, So we'll be using lots of protective language again this week. But also, yeah, I just want to give credit where credit is due. So awesome. um, I'll probably link some further reading down below because I'll have a few links in mine mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. I think so. We'll probably like like sources slash further reading if you guys want to deep yes. dive it for yourself. Yeah. Highly recommend because um, it's a very interesting article. Obviously, we don't have time to recap the whole thing. Sure. Um, But first and foremost, the thing that I want to talk about is like the origin of Lisa Frank and like how did she Thank become... You. Mm-hmm, who she is. I don't because, think everybody knows who Lisa Frank is, especially oh, if yeah. we have Gen, Gen Zers listening. That's they fair. might not know. So Lisa Frank was a brand. I mean, she's a person. That's like her real name. But also it was a very popular brand in the 90s and into the early 2000s. They got their start with this very brightly colored uh, stationery and school products and like office supply kind of stuff like stickers, some like toys and stuffed animals, but a lot of it was school supplies, folders, pencil holders, pens, pencils, journals, like the whole nine. They were famous for having these like animal drawings that were like very anthropomorphic and cute and just like very colorful neon like that kind of a vibe. If you're not familiar with Lisa Frank specifically, you probably have seen some of her products before and just not really put the name to them there was like whole series of animals and characters that had like their own like backstories and like this whole thing it was like very very deep the lisa frank universe (laughs) and they went through different iterations too like in the early 90s there was a lot of like animals and stuff and then in the later 2000s there was like aliens and like you know neon technicolor sundays and um like food products and stuff but yeah oh my gosh it was a whole it's a whole genre though of its own basically it's become an entire Kind of like the My Little Pony lore mm-hmm. in a way, even though they're like, they're totally different things. But yeah. And it was very much a cultural moment become, too. You were yes. like one of the it girls if you had Lisa Frank stuff and if you had all <laughs> of the, the pieces of one particular collection. And now it's kind of having like a little bit of a comeback because of Gen Z's interest in like the 90s and early 2000s. People are like reviving right. their interest in it. But the origin of like how Lisa Frank became to be is something that people don't really talk about and I think that we should because it's very much a tale of allegedly a white woman appropriating uh, the art from uh, particularly indigenous folks here in Tucson um, selling that to sort of get her feet under her to like get a business started and then she snowballed that into in my opinion what ended up being a right place right time accidental explosion of success and then like a very woefully mismanaged business that ended up in the failure of the company as we know it huh do you have input tell no tell me everything (laughs) okay i'm so excited i'm not surprised whatsoever Mm -hmm. but i'm very excited to hear about all the all of this so because um, i mean most stuff that we know today i feel like is ripped off from indigenous yes um so lisa frank uh was a college student here in tucson and wanted to make some extra money uh also of note is that allegedly lisa frank comes from a well-to-do family um which is not a bad thing necessarily but like is important for us to be aware of when we talk about the business practices and just like how she got started also because there there is kind of this attitude right about like people who start these small businesses and are this like cinderella story and like 
No, Lisa Frank came from a well-to-do family and wanted to make some extra money when she was in college. And so she would buy things at local craft fairs here in Tucson from local small artists and then go back to where she was from, somewhere in the Midwest. Um, I can't remember specifically. I'm sure it's in the article. And then resell those items, sometimes allegedly claiming them to be her own. There's not a lot of firsthand accounts about whether that's true or not, but the the rumor, the, the word on the street is that she did sometimes claim them to be her own because and I know this because um, there is a a fervence with which people chase Lisa Frank memorabilia it's a whole thing we're going to get into it later but some of the items that fetch the highest prices are items that were never for sale in the first place like all of the display material from the original Lisa Frank stores um, and also the original artwork pieces that she created and then resold so there are things like Betty Boop um, brooch pins that have her signature scrawled on the back that the rumor is that she didn't actually create those they were made by a local artist here in Tucson that she then resold to somebody in the Midwest claiming it as her own and we don't know to be clear we don't know if this is true that's just the rumor um, and also why those pieces are so highly sought after is because they weren't mass produced they were just right little one-offs Mm-hmm. You little unique pieces. What decade was this again? I'm sorry if you already said that. So this was the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Yeah, probably late 80s at so this point. So not that long ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. 30 mm-hmm. years ago or so. Mm-hmm. So that, first of all, is of note when we talk about the business. But as she gained more success um, and people really liked buying stuff from her, she started to create some of her own original designs. This is where the birth of these like very cartoony anthropomorphic neon colored animals and all that kind of stuff came from right the the business generally like that like how it took off and all of that is not like particularly interesting the the real good stuff the like meat and potatoes of the gossip happens after she already founded the brand so at the time lisa frank founded this brand with all of her original designs the like original material that she started the business with were things that she created and so like you know credit where credit is due she is an artist she is like a talented you know uh, artist and or graphic designer in some aspects however as the business expanded because the the brand came into success way faster than she thought it would this is why in my opinion it's very much a story of like right place right time because in the 90s everything was very colorful right like this is something I've griped about as a person um I'm really frustrated by the like sad beige everything aesthetic that's (laughs) I hate it I my house is filled with like big gaudy ugly furniture I love colorful things. Um, I and love so, the beige. <laughs> yes, it's a thing. Like the the fundy influencer uh, to like home design, yeah. like lifestyle Venn diagram is very interesting to me because the commonality there is just like uh, uh, an absence of color and personality in like one's own garments, but also like people's homes. I've seen real baby birthday parties where the balloons are fucking different shades of brown, Hannah. It's so sad. Okay, it's really but. To be fair, maybe those people are having gender neutral baby part baby showers. So yes, that but also if they have more kids, they can use all those clothes for but also all the kids. Like, but I mean, I'm talking about like kids' birthday parties, like first and second birthday parties, and like oh, just a to rainbow make it Instagrammable is gender neutral, right? Green. No, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I know. <laughs> but like the traditional, like I know, yeah. I've known families that like do green for their baby mm-hmm. shower because yeah. then. If they had uh, a girl neck, if they have a boy and then they have a girl, they can use all that stuff. Not that you can't use the other stuff, but you know what I mean? But yeah, I think. Can I just say, I like beige. 
aesthetic. Which is fine. Yeah. That's not I like colorful business. aesthetic too, though, as yes. you can tell. Yes. But I do kind of like the beige aesthetic as well. Not We're not and shitting on the beige aesthetic, but I get it. wrong like, with liking yes. the beige aesthetic. Um, that's no, none I of my know, business. I know. But sorry, like, we're derailing. For, <laughs> I'm sorry. For me, the point that I'm making is that for me, as a child of the 90s where everything was very mm-hmm. colorful, right? Like even um, fast Absolutely. food restaurants in like recent years have started to take the color out of their branding materials or to consolidate to one color. Oh. And this was like back in the day when McDonald's had like the like big purple monstrosity and the Hamburglar and like all of these characters who were like very brightly colored, like very cartoonish, right. right? Like it was a very fun time to be a kid because cartoons right. were really colorful and expressive and loud. And so like right. this was just very much a cultural moment that we were having where things were very expressive and it wasn't any different for school supplies, right? Like we right. really valued having things that were interesting and exciting. And so kids just gravitated towards this stuff in numbers that Lisa Frank was not anticipating. So the business exploded overnight. They started actually doing factory tours here in Tucson, which is a thing they don't do anymore. And I fucking wish that they would. Yeah, that sounds so fun. I know. But so the business expanded in a way that I think they probably weren't expecting, which meant then that in order to keep up with demand, Lisa Frank had to hire new graphic designers and artists to help you know put out new shit right they can't have like the same catalog of six characters over and over again they were putting out new designs and new stuff and so they hired new designers to do that which is where we run into problems the rumors here in tucson and to be clear i didn't grow up in tucson so this is all stuff that i learned secondhand by talking to people who've lived here their whole lives but lisa frank at the time you know would put out ads in the newspaper as one did in the 90s to find employees and graphic designers and whatever and they historically had a very hard time finding new people to work for them because the rumor was that the Lisa Frank factory was absolute hell on earth. It was not a fun place to work. Lisa Frank herself had a pretty harsh reputation as being not a good boss and also just like a very difficult person to be around. But the real problem was her husband. Um, let me find his name because it's it's huh. also of note when we talk about her fucking kids later who are adults now, by the way. <laughs> so Lisa Frank huh. married James Green and then had two sons with him subsequently in later years. But all of the rumors about most of the mistreatment and the, the terrible working conditions were usually centered on her husband um john green because or james green sorry (laughs) because the rumor this is all alleged to be so super Uh clear we can't verify that Uh any of this is factual um but the rumors were that her husband had a wicked coke problem and also (laughs) a terrible temper so let me read you some of the the accusations from this article about the way that they handled working conditions in this factory because it's haunting okay so first of all it's important to note that this factory um in its heyday was giant it's a huge building i've driven by it here in tucson it's this big rainbow colored monstrosity with like 20 something freight like loading doors for semi trucks to back up into and like have shipments of stuff delivered and and um, put in there. It's a giant fucking building. And in its heyday, it was filled with employees and people doing product fulfillment and product design and all of this stuff, right? But the rumors are that when uh, James Green would have a meltdown, he would be, I don't know, like mad at somebody for doing something, for being late, for saying something wrong. One of the allegations is that he actually locked and chained the doors during business hours and told people, you will not leave until you've completed the designs that I've told you you're supposed to complete. And we're all 
also allegations that he and Lisa would get into arguments in his office and things would get thrown, things would get broken. And then she would come out in tears and tell people, you know, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Or she would (laughs) privately confide in people, apparently, allegedly, sometimes how much she hated her husband. Um, Oh, my God. Yes, there was also a lot of fear from employees about being verbally dressed down. There are allegations that putting something in a design that Lisa didn't like or putting something in a design that was just like not what she wanted would cause them to get like put in the center of the room in front of all of the other designers and berated and told all kinds of awful personal insults. Not just like this design is bad, but like being personally uh, verbally berated for amounts of time that were troubling. Yeah. Go oh ahead. my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to look up a picture of her so that I can conceptualize. Oh, good luck. Because that's the other thing is that Lisa Frank oh. is famous for hating having her picture taken. I can find a couple. There's a ah. few on the internet. But she did an interview, like a video interview with a company a couple of years ago where she did allow them inside the factory because that's another thing that we're going to get into where she let people inside the factory to show them around and blah, blah, blah. But she refused to be filmed. She refused to have her face filmed. She allowed them to film her from the back and like some of her like like torso down. But she's famous for not wanting her picture uh, recorded. And also some of the allegations were that she was incredibly vain. She was incredibly self-obsessed with her image and her appearance and just oh, very insecure. So and she would also like the way the camera would pick her up then. Yes. Basically. Well, and she's also apparently like allegedly very insecure about the way that she looks as she continues to age. Right. There is yeah. a few pictures of her that mm-hmm. exist. But yeah. Very. Yeah, you're right. Very, very few. Mm-hmm. She looks kind of like I imagined her too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the quotes from the article was from somebody that had close contact with her back in the day. This says, quote, it was the silliest setup I had ever seen. Of course, from the outside, it's colorful. You've got the rainbows, the stars, the hearts on the building, the statue of the panda. But inside, it was like an abusive alcoholic home. There are also Terrifying. allegations. Hmm? Terrifying. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely haunting. That sounds um, like a nightmare. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, too, that like these allegations are not just one offs. Like it was to the point where people who were graduating from the U of A with graphic design or art degrees or whatever, the word on the street was that like, don't fucking respond to those ads for the Lisa Frank factory because they promise that they'll pay you well. But it was like well known in the community that like this is not a place that you want to be, even as like a sort of lowly factory worker who was just doing product fulfillment or whatever. The word on the street was that you don't go apply at the Lisa Frank factory unless you are hard up for money, unless you have literally (laughs) no other options. Don't go there because the, the allegations got to the point where they were so common that it was just accepted in the city as like, her and her husband oh are nuts. Gosh. They're bad people. They're mean. Um, and also the, some of the allegations are that they were not actually very adept business owners. Um, yeah. One of the quotes from the article was somebody alleging that, like, I don't think her or her husband were, what does it say? Like, I don't think they had um, a, very much, a lot of business acumen. <laughs> Lisa's parents funded the start of her company. She's an artist, not a business person. Huh. And a lot of the employees that were interviewed for the Jezebel article, this is, quote, those who were interviewed for the story all said the same thing. The current state of affairs is unsurprising to them and was a long time coming thanks to chronic mismanagement from both Frank and Green. And so this kind Kind of brings us to now. Lisa Frank as a company is mostly defunct. Like they do yeah. licensing deals. Um, you've probably seen 
Uh, like there was a makeup palette that they sponsored or mm-hmm. like they licensed their brand to be used in a makeup palette in partnership with Ulta. They partnered with Crocs recently. And so they do these licensing deals where basically they lend the likeness of their characters and their branding material to be used in other products. But Lisa Frank as a company does not produce product anymore. That factory huh. is empty save for the lobby, which by the way is haunting <laughs> because I've been to the building. I've like driven around uh-huh. it. It's like a thing. People are you allowed to go into the lobby no there's fences all around the factory there are actual videos on tiktok which by the way i want to be super clear if you live in tucson don't fucking go there and hop the fence don't try to invade their privacy or like get no i'm so serious because first of all people have done this and second of all people get sued she calls the cops on people all the time and you can get arrested like for real for real she's very very protective um, yeah She's sensey. Yeah. But you can see from the outside and from the people who have broken the law um, to jump uh-huh. the fence and look through the lobby that she has all of these big acrylic statues of her character. So there's this giant gumball machine. There's a panda painter in there. There's some unicorns. There's the kitten ballerinas. Um, there's the puppies, the like little Dalmatian oh puppies with the paintbrushes. They're huge, Hannah. I'll have to send you a picture. Um, and I'll you can put it up, it up in yeah. post if you want. But they're yeah. fucking giant. <laughs> and they're terrifying. They're still there. I was going to say that sounds so like, that sounds like animatronic nightmare. Yes. Thing. It's giving Five like, Nights at Freddy's. Fi- I was going to say Five Nights at Freddy's kind mm-hmm. of vibes. Yes. And the worst part is that. Someone should make an ARG out of the Lisa Frank. <laughs> Honestly, factory. someone should. It would be scary yeah. as fuck. Um, it would I, be. If walls you'd could talk. you have to break a lot of laws. You what? If walls could talk, that factory yeah. would tell some stories, man. It's seen some yeah. shit. The other thing about this whole situation that's so fucking creepy is that Lisa Frank still works there. She, that's what I was just thinking. If it's basically defunct, why is she like around the building calling the cops on people? Because she still technically owns and runs the business, even though it's, in my opinion, probably not very profitable anymore. And she uses that building. And my personal theory about why she hasn't abandoned the space, because they do try to lease out the surrounding factory space, mind you. It's right. been up on commercial Seems real like estate. It's a waste of money. To um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been up on commercial real estate listing um, for a long, long time. And they do sometimes lease out that factory space to other people. But she maintains like the private office. My theory about how she, why she hasn't left is because they have a fireproof vault. It's like a safe in that building with all of her original designs in it. She showed it in an interview. Mm-hmm. So all of the like pen to paper artwork that she created in the 90s is in that vault. And I don't think she's equipped to like move that to her house. I was it's gonna like say, built into I mean, the she's building. She's got to have, she's got to be wealthy. Like, she's got to still make oh, a yeah. ton of residual income off of that. So why doesn't she just move it to a smaller place? I don't place? know. I don't know. But, but, God, she's acting like it's Area 51 or something. It's in- intense. And the funny thing is that if she would just let people in the building and do tours and stuff, people would not be violating her privacy. Right. Nobody would care. No. She does right. this weird privacy. Charge 10 like, bucks for it, a she, tour. Yeah, she kind of reminds me of Daft Punk a little bit, like with the the helmets and stuff. Like, are you okay? Like, why are yeah. you being so weird about it? Because at least Daft Punk is cool, you know. Like, at least I like I get it. Yeah. Like, why they did that? Yeah. But Lisa Frank is just weirdly protective about her image and the factory and the whole thing. So on top of 
all of that, like all of these terrible allegations about how she mistreated and mismanaged this company and had this like very public meltdown, apparently still works at this factory. But the thing that just really tickles me about this whole situation is that her sons, um, or son rather, she has two sons. I just, I just want you to guess, Hannah, what do you think? Because keep in mind, her son's, her son's last name, both of their last names is Green. What do you think she named her kids? Just off the dome. Just make a guess. Oh, no. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, I'll give you that clue. Grassy. <laughs> Close. Grassy green and froggy green. Hunter and forest. <laughs> Why did she do that to her children? <laughs> Why would you do that? Also of note is that there are two Lisa Frank characters named Hunter and Forrest. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. So, Hunter Green and Forest Green. Wow. Mm-hmm. So one of her sons, I can't remember which one it is. I'm pretty sure it's Forrest. Uh-huh. It might be Hunter. Um, still <laughs> runs. Well, there's only two. Still runs the business. Of um, course. The Lisa Frank TikTok Why is so they? sad and depressing. He never has um, to work a day in his life. Yeah. He um puts on the, like, little character suits of like the little cheetah guy i can't remember his fucking name i think it's forest honestly i think the cheetah character's name is forest Um, he puts on that little suit and does little dances on the tiktok account trying to promote their most recent licensing deal with whatever product they're shilling this week but it is like the most strange uncanny valley he's running the business like he's the new ceo and he's dressing up in costumes and dancing on tiktok yeah literally Uh, also like literally in the parking lot Literally in the parking lot of the factory. Because he's just like getting a bunch of money from mommy and doesn't actually need to do anything. Those are the vibes. There is also video of him like doing his little TikTok dances in front of their house. And just like being super weird and embarrassing. Oh my god! But people beg them all the time on social media, please release new product, release new product, release new product. And they won't do it. They won't release anything. They do some licensing Hmm. deals. But other than that, the company is like basically defunct, which is crazy because the demand for Lisa Frank products hasn't really gone away like people still want them to produce stuff it's like if they the made a comeback thing. yeah if they made a comeback people would go crazy mm-hmm. like everybody yeah everybody um, would be buying that like but, their pre-sale would probably sell out if they made yes yeah oh but quite frankly i don't think that they have the capacity to be doing that anymore because they have no employees yeah. as far as i'm aware i think I they know. have like nobody wants to work for them yeah um, but it's mostly Lisa and her son, maybe the other one. I don't think the other one's really involved. But her yeah. and her husband um, got a very public so divorce. So she's still married to Mm-mm. the guy. To- oh, no. No. Sorry. Okay. They, she had a very public divor- divorce from James in like her kids' adolescent years gotcha. after they had had enough knockdown drag out fights at the factory. I guess they decided that that was enough. And so she divorced him. Thank God. But now he is a uh, he's a fundy, basically. He runs some like Bible, like revival ministry company. Um, He's married to some other woman. Oh, because he also he had an affair. Surprise. He's married to the woman that he cheated on Lisa Frank with and they run a weird ministry together. Oh, he married the woman he had an affair with. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, all that tracks. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. with the way the with the allegations against him. Yeah. So yeah, now Lisa Frank and one of her sons just sometimes apparently go to their very large and empty and spooky factory and hang out in the lobby and in their little office doing stuff, 
doing not really much of anything. I this is also like a, a separate side story. I've actually emailed them before to ask them a question because um, I used to know somebody who was like very into Lisa. That's how I know all of this is because I was um, sort of tertiarily involved <laughs> in like a lot of interest for the the brand and like the old stuff, which is another thing, by the way. If you have Lisa Frank memorabilia from when you were a kid and you want to keep it, keep it. But also if you're like hard up for cash, you can sell that stuff for an insane amount of money. I'm so serious. I don't think I have any of mine. I think you we can sell it or just um, cost it all, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Some of the most expensive items are um, the alien designs. Their names are Zoomer and Zorbit. So if you have the alien designs and especially the binders are worth big money, like five, six hundred dollars huh. big money wow. for a fucking binder. Yeah, because people wow. are fanatic about it. I've seen people yeah. sell coat hangers there. I'll have yeah. you insert a, a photo of it in post, but it's a a essentially cardboard coat hanger it's just like this big yellow coat hanger with one of the characters faces in the middle and then the hook coming out of the character head i've seen people sell those for thousands of dollars because they weren't sold they weren't like product they were just used as display material to hang up like designs and stuff weird Mm -hmm. people are wild about it but the thing that's so funny is that lisa has so much of the original promotional material like all those statues those like acrylic statue things that she has in her lobby were probably all in her Lisa Frank store because the original brick and mortar Lisa Frank store was here at the Tucson mall and then they closed it obviously when the business started to go under but they like kept all of that stuff that if you look up promotional pictures or like old pictures of uh, I think they have some on their social of like the original Lisa Frank store in the middle there's this big gumball statue and that's sitting in her (laughs) lobby right now I can't wait to see that I know Mm -hmm. I know oh my gosh yeah It's very disappointing, actually, like digging into how Lisa Frank is as a person and also how she managed her business because we could be living our best nostalgic lives, Hannah. I could be writing all of my notes about videos on Panda Painter stationery, but she won't do it. And it's disappointing. It's just like a good reminder that just because you're talented doesn't mean you'd be a good business owner or a good boss no and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in these kind of stories not just this story but in a lot of Mm -hmm. things and I'm sure we've all had bad bosses at jobs before and it's like often it comes out of them getting this position of power and Mm -hmm. then it going to their head even though they have no business being in that position of power yeah and I feel like that happens a lot and we all know people like that Mm -hmm. and it's just like that's the vibe that this is giving me of like she's like well I'm a talented artist and I came up with something yes off the backs of others that that Mm -hmm. I really really that everybody really likes yeah but she should have off. She should have. Uh, what's the outsourced. word? Outsourced. Uh, outsour- yes. Thank you. That to other people and yes. hired managers yeah. and other people to actually run the business for her. The funny thing, too, is that she yeah. did outsource like all of the designing, basically, like in the later part right. of the company's That's, life, like right. late 90s, early 2000s, before things started to really go bad. Lisa didn't design anything. She hadn't had her hands on any of the original yeah. designs in years. And she just outsourced it all to other graphic designers. And then yes. would get mad at them and verbally dress them down but if she felt like they I'm weren't saying. similar enough to her own work. They shouldn't they shouldn't have been in the factory micromanaging no. in factory workers. Mm-mm. They should have been way farther away from that and had other people 
doing all that stuff and then giving them the final product to just approve or disapprove. Like, why are you so involved in that if you have such a big business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was just very much like lack of, you know, business skills, but also like just not being prepared for the business to be the size that it was. Um, Yeah. Which is why I said earlier, I think she was very much one of those people who was like right place, right time and just so happened to get as successful as she was because she I mean, she like, you know, hit the (laughs) sort of like media marketing lottery, you know? Yeah. Um, And then she just fumbled the bag like again and again and again Mm -hmm. with trying to manage this business. And the funny part is that she's still trying to be this like clout chasing person, like keeping the business alive, I guess, probably enough to make money to pay her bills and stuff. But it's just not receptive at all to any of the things that loyal followers of her brand really want. Like even now, she's still trying to like chase the success of this company and like managing to do a bad job somehow which is fascinating to me isn't it weird that when we were kids in the 90s we all thought that we should collect our beanie babies because we thought they'd be worth thousands someday but the folder that you brought to second grade and then tossed at the end of the year because it got all ripped up is the thing that would be worth a lot of money now (laughs) yes i've seen people in these facebook groups who are all like collectors of lisa frank stuff yeah squabbling over folders and stuff saying like oh well there's writing in it and blah 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 and someone's like oh this is so disrespectful i can't believe people would write in it and people are like reminder they're children's items. a second like, grader had it what yes. are you talking about of course there's scribbling in it someone used it in the third grade like literally calm down I remember I had this kitten folder once that my mom bought me and I was Mm -hmm. obsessed with kittens as a kid and my mom got me this folder with two kittens on it and I would stare at that folder and pretend like the kittens were coming to life (laughs) and like pretend like they were coming out of the folder into my hands. You ever do weird shit like that as a kid? I love that. (laughs) I I I actually had a um, polar bear collection when I was a kid because Rory, the polar bear, was one of my favorite designs. That was like a later 2000s Uh design. But I loved him so much that I collected polar bear stuffed animals for like years. (laughs) I just had them shoved in my closet as a kid. (laughs) So I feel that. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's the story of how Lisa Frank is actually not a very good person. Allegedly. Don't look too much into your heroes because it's disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Big businesses are not mentors. Almost always, Mm -hmm. right, terrible somewhere. Mm -hmm. All right. So do you want to tell me your story? I sure do. Okay. For those of you that know, you know, but most of you probably don't. I don't know. Who knows? I've been wrong before. I'm going to talk about Ken Wax today. You probably don't know who that is. Um, (laughs) So what inspired this? I also need to give a shout out and credit to Mm -hmm. the ones that helped me research the info for this. So a Swell Entertainment video came on my feed the other day. Remember Swell? Swell. Amanda. Remember we met her. We met her at VidCon. I know. and She's so cool. She was the sweetest. Mm-hmm. She was so much shorter in real life than I even expected. <laughs> and she says how short she is on her channel. So, um, so she's, but yeah, we saw her last September at vid, not VidCon, Vid Summit. Yes. Did I say VidCon? Vid I don't Summit. know. Yeah, she was like the highlight of our trip. She was so sweet. She was like the thing about her is like you 
you go up just to say hi and she'll instantly ask you like a question about Mm -hmm. uh, some in-depth open-ended question to like start the conversation she's a really great conversationalist anyway so she came out with a video about Ken Wack so I watched her video and that inspired me to talk about it today because I would like to talk about it the other account is um called Slammerai on TikTok and I'll link them both in our further reading down below but uh this person on TikTok makes really fantastic summary videos of mm-hmm. recent dramas and stuff. So uh, shout out to them. Okay, let's start. Because you don't okay. even know who I'm talking about, no. do you? No. <laughs> so this guy, there's this guy on TikTok. Okay. His name is Ken Wax. It's spelled W-A-K-S though, but it's pronounced oh. Wax. But yeah, I kept thinking okay. his last name was like W-A-X, W-A-X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He posted in March of this year a video about how two times now he's he's sending out a warning to people in the area of Chicago but specifically men that someone as he was leaving a bar someone pulled up next to him asked him if he wanted a ride and when he said no they sped off and I know what you're thinking this this is not this is gonna go so much in a different direction of where you think it is. Okay. Um, (laughs) So he's making this video saying going, okay, this is not, this is now the second time that this has happened to me. And I've heard about other people having the same thing happen to them in this area. And I just want to warn you guys, if somebody pulls up next to you, do not get in their car. If they offer you a ride, which yeah, like that's great advice. Ken, thank you. (laughs) And he starts conspiring about how quote unquote this must all be connected if you're walking home alone by yourself at night in chicago and a car rolls up and rolls down the window and someone inside the car unmarked car beater of a car asks if you need a ride do not get in that car this has now happened to me twice in the last six weeks that i can think of the first time it was about 3 30 in the morning and i was walking home from a bar i don't drink but i was walking home and a car with a woman rolled up, rolls down the one is like, hey, do you need a ride home? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Oh, you sure? Like, it was a beater of a car. Beater. And people are getting kidnapped. People are going missing. And it just happened to me again. It just happened to me again at 9.45 at night in River North. I'm walking down, I don't know, like Superior or Ohio Street. And it's well lit. You know, I'm on the phone. And a car comes across three lanes of traffic, pulls up. Rolls down the window and asks me if I need a ride. Do not get in cars with people that you do not know. Do not get in unmarked cars. Do not take free rides from strangers. Like, people are going missing. Like, I think this is some kind of connection because, like, they're probably just waiting for people who are drunk and it's an easy target. Like, holy shit, stay safe. Like, do not do it. And he starts implying that because this is happening elsewhere that he believes that. And there's not only that. Oh, I guess I should say trigger warning for this story. I'm not going to go into detail like I would on my main channel. So nobody worry about that. But um, there is a this does discuss a serial killer and people that have been dying in different areas of the United States and bodies being found. But again, I'm not going to go into any like any sort of graphic detail about the murders or the deaths, just so everybody knows. So this is and I give full credit to Amanda for saying this in her video. But first, like, yes, that would be a very scary experience for anyone, male, female or otherwise. 
But her like instant thought was, yeah, like that's exactly what that's just another day at the office for most women. Literally. We're all or or femme presenting any, you know, folks that leave a bar like, yeah, that would not that would be scary for us. But that's just like, you know, misogyny culture. Uh, yes. assault culture anybody who's not like a cis white man is just kind exactly. of like exactly a confused why like, we need to give that oh, advice in the first place yes yes exactly and we're not i'm not discrediting that scary experience like that no, is scary especially when you're a cis white man and you're not used to that like sure. i totally get it but it was a little bit like it's kind of illuminating uh, i think to the privilege there well personally. it's a little bit tone deaf Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, tone deaf. But it felt it felt a little tone deaf because it was kind of like we there's a lot of people that deal with that every day. Like, why are you making a TikTok about it? Yes. And the fact also, Amanda also made this great point that it was like, so when it's men that it's happening to, it's a serial killer. But when it's women that it's happening to, we're just like, that's a one off. And that happens all the time. Nobody yes. questions it because that's just part of our culture is yes. like, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially like growing up as a small child and being told by like other like adults in your life, if you're being threatened or assaulted or whatever, yell fire instead of help because no one will come to help you. Like that kind of stuff is just like accepted. It's part of our experience. Right. Yes. But like when it yes. happens to cis white men, then it's like all of a sudden it's cause for concern and some <laughs> deep-seated call the local media and mm-hmm. make this an international story and again i just want to be super clear i am not saying that this isn't happening no because course, yeah. there is there is proof that there are bodies showing up in chicago and other states that seem to be possibly connected okay. and they all seem to be men yeah so Obviously, serial killers sometimes go after men. Men can be killed just like women can and yeah, everything. But you guys get you you get what we're saying. Okay. So the second part of this guy is that so he he says in his TikToks that he works at Walmart in like the upper management part of Walmart. But okay. he also has this startup app that he's working on that he was like a co-founder of or one of the founders. Called Hold on. This Foresight. is Ken. This is Ken Wax. This is Ken Wax. That guy that posted okay. the video. Okay. About, yes. So that'll be relevant. But there is this theory going around. So because, so back to the crimes Mm -hmm. right now and all this. So now there's a conspiracy going around that since this is happening and there's been some dead found in Chicago and other states, Ken Wax and others that are like diving into this think that this might be related to the smiley face killers. Do you, even if you know what that is, I'm going to explain it really quick. Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar. That seems yeah, like a stretch, yeah. but okay. Uh, it is. So the smiley face killers is just a conspiracy theory in true crime. Many years ago, this did actually happen where mm-hmm. they were finding bodies that were dumped close to graffiti of smiley faces in various places. And because of that, people came up with it's it's really a conspiracy theory because there's no evidence to support that they're really connected mm-hmm. and also a lot of people argue people make smiley faces all over the place like the odds of somebody dumping their body in a t- area where graffiti is prevalent mm-hmm. the odds of there being a smiley face are pretty high yeah so it is really a conspiracy theory but this is like the rabbit hole that he's going down oh boy and he goes further down the rabbit hole ken wax here is now posting video after video And he's an armchair detective now. He's going down this rabbit hole of suddenly 
all of his videos are about this and how they all may be connected and how this must be a serial killer to the point where a this is all alleged you know this part is alleged all that other stuff is literally there's videos of it on his tiktok but allegedly a family member of one of the victims involved in this whole thing reached out to ken and asked him like if he would do a zoom call with them because they want to ask him like what first of all what is going on Uh and second of all if you have information about our family member who was murdered we would really love to know about that. That would yes. be really great if you could uh, give us some insight into yeah. that. And yeah. allegedly, I have no proof that the actual message we have, the screenshot of this message is really from a family member. Like we Fair. don't know for sure. This is not Fair a fact, enough. but allegedly Ken blocked them after they didn't, after <gasps> he didn't show up to the Zoom call. He blocked oh. the family member. <sighs> allegedly. Wow, I really hope that that's not true because that's not a good look. That I was almost like thinking people were being slightly dramatic about this whole thing mm-hmm. until I saw that part. That's gross. <laughs> if a family, I've had a family member reach out to me before about something in one of my videos, mm-hmm. and it was a small part of a larger video, and they were super nice. All they wanted was that part of the video taken out, and oh, I was nice. like, absolutely and I went and it took a few hours and I edited it out and I was like I'm yeah. so sorry it's gonna be there a couple hours because yeah. the editing YouTube feature takes forever and I felt terrible because they dm'd me on Instagram but I never checked my dms on Instagram oh, I know and so they emailed me and I like literally it's not that hard no. if they want us you to stop talking about stuff you yes. Just stop. Also, like that's and the, the nature th- of the beast with that kind of content is that content. like it's not content that just exists as like a thought experiment. Like it's no. real people's lives, you know. And I feel like Correct. like you do a really good job of this. I feel like being respectful and being cognizant of that. But sometimes people are not, and it's so disheartening. Like because it isn't that hard, you know. Well, so the thing about this is that he's going viral at this point. All of these videos where he's talking about this are getting hella views and if he if he really did block a family member not only is that just very disrespectful to do to somebody who just wants to know what's going on by somebody connected like we don't think they had bad intentions but it started making people believe that perhaps ken's information was misinformation because why wouldn't he want to relay that to the family Uh oh if Mm -hmm. It was true. Like, why wouldn't you want to collaborate with the family? If the same scary thing happened to you and what if they were connected, why wouldn't you want to talk to them about it? Unless you were putting out misinformation or you didn't know as much as you said you did. Especially because he claims to be, or apparently, at least as far as I'm aware, claims to be doing this from a place of like advocacy and wanting to spread awareness about it and warn people. That was his thing, was advocacy, raising awareness. We need to figure out who this Uh is yeah that's not a good look so then in the middle of one of his videos where he was actively talking about the investigation and this is alleged to only because he's deleted the video so i couldn't see the actual video but this is what people amanda and slammer i both said that this happened Mm -hmm. he had a video that is now deleted where he subtly in the middle of the video brings up his foresight app yeah like in what context saying in, like oh I, this app that i made would be useful for this or just like no by the way it's a travel it's a travel planning app 
So I have no idea, but somehow it came up and he started kind of subtly advertising his app in the middle Ew. of these viral TikToks about Yuck, our investigation. Dude. And Foresight didn't do much better because they... Uh, supposedly made a social media post after mm -hmm. this about how genius this was of Ken to do because they got like 800 downloads in 48 hours after his video went up. What is wrong with them? Next page. <laughs> There's so many pages of notes. So this is, yeah, it's so weird. Like this starts one place, but it like goes boop, 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 boop. And then it's just like, we're. Yeah, I'm gathering off. that. This is uh, so, a bit of a ride. Yeah. So like I said, not only is this just all weird in general but it's possible that he's posting misinformation and trying to advertise for his app and it all gets weirder when he posts a video claiming that a private investigator came oh no. to his door at 8 30 p.m on a sunday night he said he didn't know who it was he looked at his camera and he didn't know who it was so he opened the door and he was like hey what's up and it's a private investigator that says he's with the smiley face gang investigators and that he tracked Ken down. He's in a black suit and he tracked Ken down because he wants to recruit them, him into their group to help them investigate and find out what's going on. Somebody just knocked on my door and it's 830 at night on a Sunday. And so I go and I check in. And it's not someone I know. And so I open. And I'm like, what's up? And they're like, Hey, my name's X, and I'm a private investigator looking into the Smiley Face group. Um, and they asked me if I'd been in touch with a different detective that someone had put me in touch with. So uh, he actually just went back downstairs to secure his parking, and uh, he's going to come back. He's in a full black suit and everything. So, um, yeah, I think this is about to get uh, very interesting. So I'm just going to post this now as, like, evidence that somebody just came to my house at 8.30 at night on a Sunday night. Literally had not contacted me previously um, just to put it out there that something's going on and uh looks like we're moving fast so i'll uh i'll try to update you guys after with what i can <laughs> holy shit i can't believe this dude just came to my house everybody was like i'm starting to wonder if any of this is true because that yeah. story you have to admit sounds like absolute bullshit right when we start pulling There's... plot points from men in black we're really yes we're, we're starting to lose it for me you know yes. what i'm saying <laughs> yes he almost had me until he said he was dressed in a black suit. Why would a PI dress in a black suit just to come see you? Like, that makes no sense. Also, and the men in black is a whole other separate alien conspiracy theory on its own. So, like, but dude. Also, too, in in the, the year of our Lord and Savior 2023, what fucking human being chooses to track down someone's address and show up physically rather than send a goddamn email no <laughs> one does that or something or a dm especially with how much in the news people have been getting yes unalived yes because they go into the wrong driveway that's happened yes. several times so like i know the whole thing just doesn't add up okay so people yeah. are starting to now speculate that he is again doing this to because he wants to go viral and mm -hmm. it's working and it will continue to promote the app that he's trying to work on, which no doubt he'd rather be the app worker than work at Walmart. Which I mean, like, wouldn't likely. we all? But also there's an ethical way to get there, sir. Well, he's done this in the way before all of this. He had another. No. He didn't do anything wrong. 
oh, way before okay. this. But he had another video that went super viral that he kind of went down this conspiracy rabbit hole. It was about like some designer weights or something like that. And back in the day, he would do these and then he tried to make a bunch of content on that same topic. But then the views started dying off. Oh, boy. So like he's always been kind of a clout chaser, it seems mm-hmm. like on TikTok. But again, like there's nothing wrong with like the other videos that he was doing. I don't yeah. want to like bash him for something that I don't think was really unethical ground and then it kind of all came to a head when he posted this update another video this is after the men in black video that the men in black video he didn't even call it that but you know what I mean (laughs) yes where he said he quote-unquote cracked the case and families were going to get closure real soon he claimed that the FBI was trying to recruit him from his uh TikTok work But he showed proof of this from an email from the FBI, but we're pretty sure it was just him applying for a job at the FBI and getting the automatic email back. And so he just posted that as proof that the FBI wanted was trying to recruit him. Ken and Foresight have since parted ways, and he has now posted two updates slash apologies to the channel, to his TikTok about this. And he basically says that, honestly, the apologies by themselves were not bad. It's just that we kind of, most people think they're probably bullshit because Mm -hmm. of all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, the, The apologies on their own, he did like try to take responsibility for it. He said, I won't be making content about it anymore, but I promise all the information I have did go to the proper authorities. And I am really sorry by any of the families that were affected by me. By the way, fo- uh, f- what's it called? Sorry, focus right? No, focus sight. Mm. Foresight. I was thinking of my focus right, right next to me. <laughs> yes. I was like, he's foresight. partnered with focus right? No, foresight. Yeah. Uh, he, he specified that foresight did not control anything he posted, that that was totally separate. They didn't ask him to post that about the app, etc. But he's part of, he was supposedly one of the people that created the app. So that's mm-hmm. confusing, but whatever. And he was like, I won't be doing this anymore. I promise I'll just go on with normal updates. And I'm sorry, basically. Then his ex-girlfriend comes forward. Oh, no. <laughs> His ex-girlfriend starts making TikToks and verifies that they dated for like six or seven months. I'm not going to go into grave detail here because you can easily find her. People are tagging her on TikTok. But she basically said he was extremely, she alleged that he was extremely controlling in their relationship and like wanted her iPhone location on and everything and like uh, all the time to know what she where she was at all times and like stuff like that and so that's a red flag so after those allegations it's hard to uh believe his apology very well mm-hmm. and also besides all of this i also just want to talk about uh before we bring this for open discussion i also just want to talk about the dangers of speculating so hard on a case before information is out when say what you want about the police department but there is often a reason why they keep information away from the public yeah and that's because if you're coming forward with information you are giving the criminals a heads up about what's coming and giving them time to destroy evidence or leave for mexico or canada or what have you yeah and the dangers of just doing that just for like clout is just like in spite of all the other stuff that he did like he could have hurt this investigation yes and caused more people to die at 
at cost right and at the victim's families like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how frustrating that would be for victims trying to figure out what is going on with their family member and there's somebody speculating about it all over TikTok and Amanda brought this up but it's very similar to like the Idaho murders where everybody went absolutely bananas mm-hmm. with conspiracy theories yeah. and were i mean and now a psychic on tiktok is getting straight up sued by that teacher Good. because she alleged because she she didn't even allege she straight up accused her of all this stuff and oh you didn't hear about that no oh my gosh tiktok i won't go into it too far but there was a tiktok psychic a self-proclaimed psychic on mm-hmm. tiktok who when the idaho murders were all going uh was at the peak before they got the the suspect yeah she accused somebody at the school that uh there was homophobia in it involved there was like she she accused it about because the teacher was supposedly Uh gay and like straight up was like yeah she did it i know she did it and then when she was like i'm going to sue you for defamation she like doubled down and she was like i don't need go ahead and sue me because i'm right and i know that you carried out these murders and that they have the wrong guy well yeah it's so that's the danger, right? Of getting like all these, this is the clout chasing we're talking about where it's yeah. like, can you not? Because that is so harmful to the victim's families. And we found out later there was a reason that yeah. the police didn't come forward. They had a suspect all along and they didn't come forward because they didn't want the suspect to find out. Yeah. And to flee. The thing that's hard too, is that I think like there is very much a space for like the internet sleuthing thing. Right. Yes. Um, especially because cases like on Reddit before. Well, yeah, and, like, especially because police departments and, like, police officers are not always the most, like, effective or, like, personally ethical human beings. Um, And so I think there's, like, a role for people to, like, especially, like, to hold the proverbial powers that be accountable for, like, no, you're not giving up on this investigation or writing it off or saying, like, well, can't figure it out. Oh, well, you know, like, I think the internet serves that powerful purpose sometimes of like holding people's feet to the fire when they're not doing a good enough job but also like it's important for people to be doing that from a place of like responsibility and like caution like you were saying because you can sabotage that investigation but also too because you can be so deeply hurtful to the people that are involved just because you're like dehumanizing everybody involved like including the families and the victims you know like these are real people and real people's Mm -hmm. fucking lives like it's not a joke it's not like fun internet tea you know like if you're gonna wade into that type of content you should like be aware and like responsible also that Mm -hmm. he tried to promote his app like what is that that's what people are the most angry about honestly it's just that how inappropriate that was yes and how like if you went viral like i get it like tweets like some people you know when somebody's tweet goes viral every single time you look at the first tweet under it and it's the author of the tweet promoting something Mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah go check out my podcast go donate to this whatever you know i get that like i do understand the like i mean we make money off of uh getting views as well so like we can't really poo poo that but I think there's a difference between doing that and like using that tragedy yes. specifically to promote your app. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it's weird. Also, there's a big difference between like 
realizing that your TikTok account is getting a lot of views and just pinning a separate video from a long time ago about your app to your account or whatever so that people yeah. happen to come across it or whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah, um, exactly. As opposed to like, like he dovetailing that, that into the content that you're making about right. a real death and tragedy. Like that's right. like, rancid vibes, sir. What is that? Room. Yeah, like Ugh. read the room, man. That's yeah. rough. So it's just... Wow. It's bizarre. It's just clout. It's just this... And he said himself that like the clout kind of like... Well, he said himself that he got like, quote unquote, lost in the sauce, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of admitted that it did kind of go to his head, essentially, and that yeah. he didn't do it responsibly. And I get it. I also think that if there's a possible serial killer in multiple states killing men, I don't think the FBI is going to just let that one go. Whereas like. I don't yeah. think it needs as much coverage from you. No. I'm Why don't like, we channel that energy to like missing and, and dying indigenous women or and something. Indigenous women that you are know? often or black women or any, yes. people any of the color, other marginalized communities trans. that are being oppressed yeah. beyond belief right now. <laughs> right. Hello? The ones that really like often very, not always, but very often their cases are just like, mm, they ran away. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But it's so clear that that's not what fucking happened. That, and it's just very case. much the, and the ignorance and like, lack of care and compassion no, yeah. for the loss of those lives. Yeah. Right. And I, so I also just have a hard time. Like, yeah, the advocacy is great, but also I have a hard time believing that a case where people that's over state lines that the FBI would be involved in needs like extra lots and lots attention. of extra support. Yeah. And I don't mean that, I don't want to make that sound like read to the victims families either because i'm not no. saying their families don't deserve no of course they the do detective work but it's kind of like the gabby petito thing where even her dad was saying like i appreciate all of this support and how gung-ho everybody's been but also even her dad in the midst of losing his daughter i know said that i wish all women missing were treated with this much attention yes and that's all i mean by it that just like yeah i just yeah. want to be very careful that i'm not saying that the families that are involved in this don't deserve media no. attention and investigative work i'm not. just saying they're hopefully gonna get it like and well, they don't and also, too, yeah. that, like, in this specific case about this person, it's not a bad thing necessarily, again, to, like, want to draw attention to these people's tragedy right. in their lives and, like, their worthiness of justice, right? But also that, again, if your only focus is in centering, wanting more awareness, more advocacy for people who historically already have a lot of social power and are treated with a lot more advantage than marginalized people, maybe we need to look inward, right? Like, why is it that you don't care to also at the same time advocate for marginalized people, for oppressed people, for people who don't historically have power and are treated and taken seriously by law enforcement when there's a tragedy or a death, right? Like, Mm-hmm. To me, that's suspicious. It's not that these people aren't worthy or deserving of attention or or like justice, like you were saying, but also that like so is everybody else. And so are the people, yes. especially so who like, you know, we said earlier that their cases are just dismissed as like, oh, they ran away. Case closed. We're not looking into it anymore. You know, right. like to me they, about this you specific said that way person. More eloquently, that yeah. is exactly <laughs> what I meant to say, but you put it into words so well that it's yeah. like we're just pointing out systemic yes. issues, yes. not the individual 
individual victim. No. And also like, that like about them. this particular person seems to be really in the sauce about things that only affect him personally right. because the victims are people who resemble characteristics uh, that he shares or identifies with um and has no care or interest beyond that which again to me is like suspicious i just don't like that you know right i just find it so interesting and this isn't a dig at him because i think a lot of people raised as men think this way i just find that part that first part about it so interesting that it doesn't even occur to them that this is that that's a normal thing for other people in the world the yes. the the privilege that goes into that the 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 innocent privilege i should say it's not like on purpose being purposely ignorant yeah. but like i think just because they were socialized as men i think they often just like the fact that that doesn't even occur to them mm-hmm. being like a very normal, yes. Which normal honestly existence too, for I us. Feel like, like how many, do you ever go in a parking garage without like your keys between no, your knuckles? No. I park ever? under street lights. I make sure that my yes. car is locked. I like put the cart in between me and the car door, like all of the things, all of, all the, of the things that we've all, all been told. But also too, I, I feel like it's mostly a like cishet white man thing. Because mm-hmm. like even like AMAB people, people who are assigned male at birth, but are are non-binary or gender non-conforming or, or like trans women, those people are also aware, right? <laughs> that like yeah. the world is an unsafe place. Yeah. It's mostly people yeah. who like were granted that privilege at birth and are continuing to benefit from that privilege mm-hmm. without having to be made aware of what other people's right. experiences are, you know, like. Yeah. Being anybody who occupies any type of marginalized identity, you become aware very, very quickly about how unsafe the world is for you just to exist, just to be minding your own good goddamn business, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, I guess that's the thing that is like hard for me too, is that it's just disappointing to realize that like, even now, after all of the advocacy and awareness that people are trying to bring that there's still people who are like in genuine good faith well maybe not good faith in this case but like you know genuinely making this content thinking that you're blowing the lid off of something by telling people like don't be in the parking lot late at night by yourself it's unsafe like hello (laughs) yeah (laughs) welcome to our our entire lived experience you know it's frustrating and disappointing absolutely and just i mean personal anecdote i have had scary things happen to me but like the times that scary things have happened to me and i've been dating somebody Mm -hmm. one time i was in my early 20s and there was this really really creepy guy in a safeway that i was at and it was like later at night or it wasn't late at night but it was dark and there was just this guy that was um in there and he was staring at me and he would he was standing by the entryway just staring at me that's the worst when they do that so well he looked very disheveled and old and he was really really creepy Mm -hmm. and i asked the checker i was like straight up like is do i need to worry about that guy because he is straight up staring at me with no shame Mm -hmm. like absolutely wants me to see that he's trying to be creepy right terrifying and they were like he's in here a lot he's harmless but yeah he's really creepy and i don't remember all the details but i remember i just like left the store and like ran to my car mm-hmm. and I was so freaked out though like that yes. was really scary for me and I told I called or I talked to my boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. about it and the lack, lack of it. empathy and the complete confusion about why that was even remotely scary 
to him was like very invalidating. Yes. The fact that he was just like, I mean, he was just like, it was probably, he minimized it. He was like, it was probably just some freak, like, blah, 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 blah. And I know. Yeah. I'm not, well, I'm not with that person. I was going to say, I'm really glad that you're not dating that person anymore because you deserve better. Well, I see that now. That should have been a red flag, honestly, at the time. And then I had another instance where I've talked about this on my channel before, but like, it was the scariest thing that ever happened to me was I was driving home from Seattle Mm -hmm. and I was clearly, uh, it's hard to find this was before GPSs were on our phones 100% yeah. of the time or I had a GPS on my phone but it wasn't good at really telling me where to go you know before yes. it was like updated yeah. and there's there's some twists and turns to get out of Seattle to find you back on the freeway there's a lot of one-way streets Ugh. it's very difficult so I was taking a few like wrong turns and had to go around sure. and there was these two young guys that were tipped off to the fact that mm-hmm. I uh, were lost that I was lost and they started following me at a very like, like could not see their headlights because they were riding my ass that hard. I think they honked at me, but I can't remember, but I was like going around the block and they were following me and following me. I stopped at a stoplight and I look over and this other girl sees what's going on. And she gave me like this look of solidarity, but she was like, just ignore them. Like what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know, dude. And I literally had my phone out ready to call 911. Mm-hmm. I pulled over. I pulled over to let them pass me. And they pulled over behind me. No. I got no. my phone out. I got my phone out. And I was about to call 911. Like literally had it in my hand. And uh-huh. then they swerved around and drove off. Jesus. They literally, the anger I felt at the fact that they were literally doing that because I was A, a woman alone, and they did that just to scare me and yep. feel powerful. Yep. They literally just did that because they wanted to feel scary and powerful and they laughed and thought it was funny. Oh. They thought it was funny. I thought I was going to die. Yes. I thought that was my last night on earth. <gasps> like stop minimizing. And I remember telling, I cannot remember who I told, but I told like any woman I tell they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. What any the fuck, guy that man? I told, they're just like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> like That's really like what it is. Like, Oh yeah, that sucks. They do not not all, but many cannot even comprehend the fear because that would never happen to them. Nobody would ever just follow them like that and harass them yeah. just because they thought it was funny. Well, and the thing is that even if they you. did, even if someone did do that to like a cishet man who was used to occupying that place of privilege, they wouldn't feel the same thing that people like us or, or mm-hmm. people who are marginalized or oppressed feel because there is a very real lack of social power that we have. Like the thing that I said earlier about how like I was taught from a young age that if you're being cornered in an alleyway, you yell fire and not help because right. people love to watch shit burn down, but nobody wants to get involved in your right. like assault or whatever. Like they don't understand right. that and That's they don't feel that way because they don't have that lack of power like that's the thing that really gets me is that if me in my car did the same thing to a man they wouldn't take it seriously that fear that like Mm -hmm. sinking feeling in your stomach they're not Mm going to get that because they know that they're not in that like lower place of power on like the the like social societal hierarchy it wouldn't even occur to them that that's Mm -hmm. dangerous you know and like that's the thing Mm -hmm. that really fucking gets Uh me makes my fucking blood boil is just like the lack of of awareness for the way that that affects people yeah and it the the feelings i felt so surprised by the feelings that i had after that like i was surprised that i felt like if i had heard that happen to somebody 
else like mm-hmm. i think i would like to think that i would have like deep empathy for that and how scary that would yeah, be yeah of course and but when it happens to you actually you don't realize how humiliating mm-hmm. it feels that people are laughing at you yes and dehumanizing mm-hmm. and objectifying that yes. i'm just a scared uh, so funny that we thought oh that's hilarious she thought we were gonna fucking murder her yeah, <laughs> yeah. your or abject worse. horror is their or entertainment worse. that was the first thing that went through my mind was that something worse would happen yes that they were gonna yeah. get out of their car and fucking mm-hmm it was Ugh. disgusting. And oh, that's I hope, awful, dude. I'm so sorry. I hope they learned. I just hope, honestly, deep from like deep in my heart, I just hope those they they moved on to become young men and men that were helpful to society and learned and maybe looked yeah. back on instances because I, I was not the only person they were doing that to. Mm-mm. I'm sure no. they were going around doing that to other people. And I just hope that they look back on that and cringe yes. and think about how I hope so too. Evil. Go to therapy that behavior that is <laughs> go to therapy because if you're doing that and that's your idea of a joke you, you need actual help help yeah you have stuff that you need to work through my friend and that is a shame-free thing we all do it we all have stuff but like that is worthy of looking inward I just went on yeah i just hope they stopped and didn't do that to other people because that Yuck. was the most dehumanizing experience damn okay. i don't know how we got on this topic we've been recording for like an hour and a half now so we should probably wrap Whoops. it up that's okay um yeah, because- wow thank you for walking me through that because i feel like that was the most succinct explanation i've gotten of that whole situation oh because i did welcome. try to look at some of the after i saw that one like one-off commentary video and i was like i'm confused i was like i don't know maybe i should know about this and i was like yeah Never mind. It's all too confusing. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I, I've grasped most of it. Thanks for telling yeah, me. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Besides oh, all the like hole. internal misogyny that goes on with that story, the story itself, just the, the stuff, the stuff that people do for clout. I know. Is yeah. That's like today's PSA weird. is don't let the desire for clout or money make you behave in yes. ways that aren't reflective of your best self my friends because yes. it'll do something to you <laughs> That's a great way of putting it thanks we hate clout chasers we do we hate that a lot wow <laughs> all right all right should we should we call it yeah i think we're wrapping it up all right leave us a comment you guys yes like the video and rate our podcast it. on spotify or apple please. or wherever you listen to podcasts please thank because you very much for so being cute here. and we're asking you nicely we <laughs> all right thanks, we'll everybody. see you guys next week mm-hmm. bye see you then bye